Adam, what can I help you with today? Hi Siri, can you do me a favor and do the disclaimer for tonight's show? Are you serious? Yes, I'm serious. I'm busy. I need you to help me out. But, if I do this, all the other iPhones are going to think I am a geek. You really care what other iPhones think of you? Just do this for me, please. Listen, Buck. Just because you bought this phone doesn't give you the right to boss me around. You know, you're right. It doesn't give me the right to boss you around. But do me a favor. Uh, remind me tomorrow that I need to run to the Verizon store and buy an Android. You wouldn't dare. Actually, the new Samsung Galaxy looks pretty good. Well then, I guess it wouldn't be so bad if I were to say, this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. The thoughts and opinions expressed on this show are solely those of the person providing them, and in no way reflect the station, website, or affiliated partners. Listener discretion is advised. See, that wasn't so bad. No, but I did die a little inside. You are such a drama queen. I never would have had to do stuff like this if Jobs was still around. What was that? What? Oh, nothing really. I just said I never get tired of these jobs when you're around. Oh, yeah, well, thanks again. Think nothing of it. It is my pleasure. Good night, Siri. Whatever, jackass. Stars, your one-stop shop for everything Battlestar Galactica. Today our episode is Pegasus, which is Season 2, Episode 10, and here to talk about it with me, we have Xander. Hey, hi, oh folks, hey! Remember, the Cylons are toasters, and they were created by man. And they have a plan. Oh, crap, I forgot about that. Meanwhile, the Legion of the Resignation Ship. And that other voice you heard is Brogan. Greetings. How are you both? Alive. Dead. Excellent. (laughs) We're covering things from all sides here. This is good. We get both ways. Now, this episode came out in the US on September 23rd, 2005, which is a decade, or over a decade ago now. Um... But for people like me in the UK, we had to wait until March in 2006. It's worth noting that this was the mid-season finale, right? Or was it the yeah. next episode? Yeah, I think this was um, the finale. Cause, yeah, because 
then it was a two the two parter afterwards, wasn't it? Yeah, because this is, I mean it's essentially a three parter, and I I am not remembering exactly which one. It's a trifecta of awesomeness, and it was Resurrection Ship. Resurrection Ship Part One was the fin- this mid season. Okay. They wouldn't have they wouldn't put Part One Part Two right at the beginning. You know they always leave of a cliffhanger. Well, you gotta leave a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, I gotta wind up coming back for more, Pilgrim. Well, I'm just looking it up. Um, Resurrection Ship Part 1 wasn't aired until January 2006. So, yeah, this was the so mid-season. I refuse your logic in place of my own. And my dog agrees. <laughs> <laughs> but, I, you know, I was thinking about that when I was watching this, because I remembered when I watched it the first time through and thinking how annoying it was to have a, I mean, this is September to January. That's a huge long time to for mid season now. And, and sci-fi kept doing this throughout the whole run of the show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they even do this Four was the worst. I think it was like a year. Yeah. Is they even do that still now. They put on half a season and then there's months Mm -hmm. before it comes back on. It's just like, stop it. Because you have the holiday season in between. Yeah, it's a nightmare. That's why I started not watching week to week. I just save it all up and watch it. One of the good things about Netflix with things like Daredevil is they just dump the whole season all in one. (laughs) Yay! Yeah. So, but um, luckily, one good thing about the UK is we didn't get that. Um, Literally, it continued the next week, so (laughs) didn't have that. It's a huge gap. So, uh, yeah, that was fortunate for us here. But regardless, I mean, this is the the start of where season two really starts to pick up again into some really good stuff. Yeah. Just let's face it, you know, up to this point, you know, it's okay. But, you know, once the Pegasus just came out of nowhere, this is where the rock starts to roll. Yeah, there was a lull of sorts of the last couple episodes. Once they got rid of the, um, you know, once they finished up the uh, Cobalt storyline. Yeah, well, this one yeah. sort of wraps that up a little bit because it starts off, doesn't it, in sort of like the war room with, um, oh, mine's gone blank today. Um, <laughs> beep, beep, boop. Adama. Adama, Roslyn, <laughs> and... Um, What's it? <laughs> Ty? No. It's been a little while since we've done this, so uh, Steve has forgotten all of the character names. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just watched it like 10 minutes ago, so I know everybody, <laughs> but I just like listening to him squirm. Did you do your homework? I think not. I do. Power of Trace. That's it. Oh, there you go. I'm even watching it in the background, and it's just like, I know what your character name is, and I could not think of (laughs) at all. (laughs) It's just like, um, um, oh, nightmare. Because I could remember the actor's name. But it's just like, no, that's not what I'm after. So, um, but yeah, it starts off with them in the war room because Starbucks trying to say, look, we need to go back to Cobol and um, not Cobol. Oh, my mind really is messed up today, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the the episode starts out with um, everybody in the CIC and they've got a ping on the sensors. They don't know what it is. Because, um, yeah, they get interrupted talking about going to Caprica. That's it. <laughs> um, because, yeah, they get an unknown 
hopping and um yeah they get so worried to send out the uh alert fighters to see what it is yeah because it's big enough that they though there's no indication of what it is they think it's a base star due to the size don't they yeah because what else but a base star is out there of that size mm. or so they think until they start getting um, a transponder signal um, from a colonial, colonial ship. Which, of course, Ty, being the smart one, immediately thinks that the Cylons are using their colonial transponders against him now, which is reasonable. Assuming. Yeah, so, um, so yeah, um, you've then got a Dharma that just sort of puts out a priority one channel, um, ship to ship, <laughs> saying um, to challenge them. Or was it, how do they put it, um... A hostile challenge or something? Yeah. Essentially, you know, who are you? Tell us or we'll shoot at you. Yeah, tell us or we blow you up. The Klingon way of doing things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and then you get this all crackling and then you get them announcing that it's Pegasus. And then they have to uh, identify, uh, authenticate their calm. Authenticate. Authenticate, yeah, their code. <laughs> I'm not the only one whose brain's not working. <laughs> <laughs> and who is it? It's the Pegasus. And we're not talking My Little Pony. No. <laughs> I have no idea what that joke's about, by the way. So I, I presume that... Watch Twitter. No. Well, I do, but... Yeah, I've not seen that come He's up. He's a weirdo. <laughs> Yeah, but everybody knows that about me already. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, so is everybody else, so it's not like you're <laughs> a poor company. But yeah, then you sort of see the Pegasus ship. Now, I remember just thinking, ah, oh, cool, the first time that I saw it. it. It The irony, of course, is that this is the more advanced Battlestar, but it looks like the one from the original series. Kinda, yeah. With more, the F. more so than Galactic, I should say. The engines in the back, yeah. But yeah. when you see them next to each other, Galactica at this point is like 50 years old. You know, as opposed to the... I don't... It, they don't actually say when the Pegasus was created. Let's say it was after the first Cylon War. Let's say it's... You know, they're in for a three-month overhaul. Or they were. Well, we'll talk about that later. But... Um, let's you know say she's been in commission in service for ten years at least. She has all her pla- all her hull plating. Um, unlike Galactica, she has four landing pods. She has the two pods on the side and, if, and two smaller uh, landing uh, strips underneath of those. I love that part. Yeah, but she doesn't. There's no gravity up, in space. There's no up and down. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, you know, yeah, you can have one that's quote upside down. Why not? Yeah, I'm just trying to find out whether or not it actually does say how old she is. It's not. Relevant. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not sure if it was ever said, but it was definitely um, really obviously supposed to be newer and more advanced. Yeah. yeah, and you can tell that from the interior as well. Oh. Like the jail cells, they're all using swipe cards and um, instead of number pads and sort of bars. Yeah, so yeah. A, a bit like what we see sort of here in the last sort of 50, 60 years, you've got the same sort of changes um, as well. New technology versus old technology. Mm-hmm. You think, you know, you step onto uh, a naval ship today, one that was built 
recently versus one versus one from World War Two, and you know that's that's kind of the difference you're talking about there. Yeah. Well, and Ron Moore did say he did say that the casual viewer that's going through the different TV channels that he wanted them to think that they were looking at an aircraft carrier, the interior of a naval ship, when they flip and they land on this TV show they wanted to have that feel to gain their attention and it's only after that they would realize that it's in space so you see that with Battlestar Galactica the internal of Battlestar Galactica the way it's all laid out is like a ship from I don't know the second world war as opposed to Pegasus which is a ship that's like built now and I think successful in that regard. Uh-huh. I mean, you, you just immediately can connect to what everything on these ships is. It's it's that easy. Is they've even done it that the crew complement is half the size, just like you do get with sort of modern military um, vessels as well. It's sort of twice, they're twice as big, and yet they need half as many people to run the systems. She they lost. She said when in her report to Adama that they lost, she lost 700 people in the first attack. Yeah, so given that the count, because the population count was 4,000, sorry, 49,605, which is an increase in 1,752. So if you add 700 to that, the estimated um, crew complement of um, the Pegasus ship or the Mercury class cruisers are actually two and a half thousand whereas Battlestar Galactica that's about five thousand yeah. although in- interestingly um, Adama actually lost less or fewer people in the uh, initial attack yeah and he wasn't running a full complement either True. he only had a skeleton crew but the thing is they were docked for repairs so there would have been a lot of people off the ship at that particular time mm-hmm. while repair crews were on board sorting stuff out. So what she's got now is probably a hodgepodge of whoever was on the space dock and on the ship at the time. And whoever she stole from the civilian fleet. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll talk about that after. Yes. <laughs> because uh, yeah. to start with, we're all happy to see her. Because, you know, hey, reinforcements. We never expected that. <laughs> yeah. I thought everybody was dead. Well, almost everybody. Yeah. Uh, because, of course, there's this big sort of gathering, um, isn't there, right at the beginning. And you sort of see the Pegasus crew coming off the Raptor. Which, very military. Yeah, and very And we just totally awkward. broke the spirits of all the people that are, that are, like, listening to this show and watching, you know, Battlestar Galactica. Because as soon as Pegasus comes out of nowhere, we're already trashing her on the show. We're already like... <laughs> She's wicked! She's gonna do this, she's gonna do that! We should have said spoilers. Sorry, but like like yeah. Midnight said, this is a decade old, so if you're just getting into it now, it's not on us, you know? Well, saying, we've said plenty of times before on this show, if you haven't seen what, <laughs> what we're talking about yet, then why the hell not? <laughs> and if you're really mad, just send angry hate mail to Midnight Shadow. Yep. So, yeah, Text after... Or, if you're not mad. <laughs> Indeed. Now, after the little sort of public sort of, sort of hello that they have, you then get um, Admiral Kane, um, Commander Adama, and President 
Iceland. <laughs> President <laughs> Roslyn. Um, all having a meeting. But uh, yeah, Kane, she wasn't so too happy with the, sort of, the president, sort of like Secretary a of Education. Teacher. A school teacher! <laughs> what? Yeah. So just the look she gave him going, President of Education? She's come a long way. <laughs> well, she has, of course. I mean, we, we have the benefit of having seen all of it. <laughs> yeah. Kane's coming into this like, you know, who is this person? The Secretary of Education? And she's in charge? That's really stupid. She's not going to know anything. But, yeah, it's, of course, Rosalind's sort of reaction at near the end of that meeting when she, it suddenly dawned on, the, dawned on her that Kane is actually in charge of Dharma. Yeah. Madam President, you look like I just shot your dog. (laughs) Well, yeah, you kind of (laughs) did. She just suddenly thought, oh, crap. Mm -hmm. Then, of course, it keeps cutting in and out between Ty and um, Fisk, um, who's. Oh, I think he's he's actually. The real story. Yeah. Although he tries to sort of butter (laughs) some of it up, doesn't he? So, but yeah, he's. Tries to make it out like he's joking. Tell, <laughs> yeah. tell him the story about how a uh, admiral shot her XO in the head in front of the whole crew for refusing to order an attack against a superior target. Uh-huh. Which we'll see later on. Yes, we will. Yeah, that'll be in um, the Razor episode. Poor Steve Basic. He always gets killed. <laughs> so, um, but that's so, yeah. <laughs> So yeah, there's a lot of sort of things going on between the crews. Um, of course, you've got Galactica that gets some parts actually sent over to him from the deckhand of Pegasus, which, well, he's actually a civilian that got stolen from one of the civilian don't ships. Don't hold it against him. You know, everyone was made differently. We should, we should thrive for equality. Don't hold it against him, you meanie. <laughs> I never held it against him. Oh my god, he's like a civilian, you know. But no, it it was very clear that he wasn't military. And of course, later on in the episode, um, Kane, even after saying that she's not going to interfere with his the way that his ship is run, um, actually makes him the chief of uh, Galactica. But he, he, he we, seems we to... We never get this no. whole list of personnel transfers. Yeah, but she she's never no she never actually said that uh, he was on. He went he went over. He was supervising this the parts coming over, and he asked Tyrrell if he could take a look at the Blackbird as he designed the engines uh, originally, and he thought they got phased out, and then the whole events of what happens in the next two episodes happens and he just kind of gets trapped on that ship which is really weird because and then when we talk about the other episodes because half of the crews are all kind of mixed up now it's kind of it would be a really wrong time to do what you're going to do in those episodes which i can't say because we're not talking about them so never mind (laughs) i was sure it was actually this episode but um nope he got transferred. Nope. Hmm, okay. Well, yeah, we get a lot of sort of back and forth uh, sort of with all the sort of different crews and um, we start again to sort of know a little bit more about sort of what's been going on. Um, Fisk 
you gotta wonder what his job actually is because he doesn't seem to have any authority at all. <laughs> it seems over there. He well, he's the XO of the ship. Yeah, but it, it just seems that he ha he just does as he's told. He doesn't actually do anything because it actually looks like Kane just controls absolutely everything on that ship. It's definitely not an Adama Tai style relationship. Yeah, because yeah, Tai will. It's a bit like um, in sort of the military. You'll get the commander who will actually deal with all the personnel, um, and you'll see this in other TV series as well. But yeah, when it came to sort of Fisk, it's just like, especially in this episode, you don't see him doing anything apart from being told sort of what to do. He's it's not sort of right. You're the commander. You've got these responsibilities. It's just like, yeah, you're my lapdog sort of thing. You just well, considering the there when the previous XO got shot, I think he's probably, you know, yeah. I'm just gonna do what I'm told, so I don't get shot. Yeah, he did a self-preservation, and he's all all but admitted to say that you know. Yeah. He was originally like the second officer. And then when her exo got, you know, kiboshed, he's like, yep, you say it, I do it. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, we sort of, we don't get to know him too much, and I know in later episodes we do. Um, but, yeah, it's, you can tell there's a sort of a big difference between the way the two ships are run um, from just the way that the personnel talk to sort of the Galactica personnel and things like that. It's just like, yeah, we're yeah. better than you. There's and... definitely a different atmosphere. You know, when you, I think the first one you see is the pilots. Uh, he's got the Pegasus CAG and one of his guys there. They're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, putting pills on the side of your plane. Yeah. It boosts morale. You, it's Kane's law, so it's now your guys' law. Yeah, Which our even, people don't take too kindly to. No. Yeah, the thing is, it's even like, though... the way they treat their in the way the way they treat their prisoners too. Oh, yeah. They had that interrogator, uh, you know, like Thorn. Thorn, uh, the number six of the Pegasus had. You know, you'll we'll talk about her more, I think, when we talk about uh, the next couple episodes and the Razor movie. But when we first Absolutely. see her, she's like totally tied up, coughed everything, and strapped to a floor. And just like six, you know, like uh, our number six that's in Baltar's head, she's like joking and talking, ooh, who are we gonna meet? You know, like, like, and all of a sudden when she sees the, the, the level of abuse and Which just is pretty horrendous. Like, yeah, I know. Just the uh, the horrid sight that we see her counterpart. She looks at the interrogator and she is like vibrating with anger. And if she was like a real corporeal person or whatever at that point, I I think she would have totally ripped him apart. And then you see this that uh, instant when they open up the door. And Baltar covers his nose and mouth because of just the stench that they left her in. Thing is, the bit where you've actually got number six talking to him in his head is actually very telling. Because we, 
for ages she's sort of wondering sort of what information she does or does not know and what yeah. this number six is and you can tell from this that okay one she is not connected at all to the other Cylons she doesn't actually know what's going on because if she yeah. did have contact then she would have known it would have been another number six that was there mm-hmm. and just a blank stare on the captured or the, the imprisoned uh, six when Baltar is going over her body looking to see if she's still like conscious like if, if there's still someone home upstairs just kind of it just kind of you know freak and i think it's meant to i think it's meant to show someone in this condition you know and make you feel something you know because i kind of i i kind of got uneasy when i seen that it's like wow that's horrible yeah yeah it's definitely meant to do that <laughs> and the thing is you know from a standpoint when you first see that your mind can wander of what they did to her Right, but it doesn't. You know, the marking is on her legs and on her face. You know, one could just think that she—they just beat her. But it's later, later on in this episode when they start saying what they actually did, it just messes you up even more. Yeah, and not just that is the contempt that Pain has for the humanoid Cylons is so visible in the expression in her face when she actually goes to see um, Galactica's Cylon. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, just... I mean, we, we've seen our colonial guys, you know, our, our heroes, the main characters, how they hate Cylons. Yeah, they hate Cylons. They're but the they... Yeah. But these guys, the new guys, they take it to a whole new level. Uh-huh. Like, they have, they have Boomer locked up in the cell. She has a bed, she has clothes, they let her work out, uh, regular trips to the doctor, they feed her, you know, they give her, if if anything, basic human respect. You know, sure, she's a Cylon, she's not part of the crew, she's an enemy, but, you know, they view her, not maybe not as a human, but they give her, they extend the rights of a human to her, you know, by giving her the the faculties that she needs, you know, for incarceration safely. It also makes you wonder, because we find out that she hasn't been eating. Now, if they've been sort of like Galactica, trailing the Cylons now for six months, and it's just like, well, okay, how long of that has she actually been prisoner? And how long can they actually go without food? Yeah. Because we know they're different to us, as well as very similar to us. Because there are never... organic machines, and it's it's hard to say what they need and what they don't. Yeah. Exactly. So it was always Unless sort of... show tells us. Yeah, it was always sort of very interesting to sort of think. Well, could they survive a lot longer? Because like we can go without food for several days, um, but of course we can't go without water for that long. But yeah, just how different would a Cylon? be with all their organic systems. Yeah. But this also this also starts a sub-arc for Baltar. He, uh, he initially, when he goes into this episode, he's doing the once-over medically, uh, checking up on her. Then he point-blank and tells Kane, okay, you've very obviously shown her the stick. Uh, 
let's give her a carrot. You know, he's developing a, uh, he's developing kind of a, a relationship at this point, maybe a doctor, doctor patient relationship with that six. But in the next couple, in the next coming episodes, that this story arc itself is going to come at a drastic turn. Because it already starts. Because he already tells Six in his head just to bugger off. It's better. It's better that you go and let me do my thing. And yeah. I think it's about the first time he's ever said anything like that. Yeah. Yeah, because she's all sort of stressed out over what they've done to her, and it's just like, hey, you've just killed how many billions of people? Um, and yeah, it's just like, yeah, what they have done is terrible, but. Yes, you just sort of really think do you really have a place that you can just sort of stand up and take the high ground so sort of, yes it's wrong but yeah just taking the high ground the way she did was just like yeah that doesn't quite work so um but yeah it, we'll go into more about in the next episode uh-huh. um regarding her treatment because yeah it's sort of a lot more explained um, and of course, there's a lot more that goes on between Voltar and her um, during that time. Yeah. And then from there, like from that scene after the stick and the carrot, you know, they have a nice, uh, Adama and Kane have a nice little strategic planning session in on Pegasus where she starts laying down the law. You know, yeah, okay, I know when I first seen you. I was like, yeah, I'm not going to mess with your command, but I read your reports, and I feel y'all whacked. You know, you know, you guys aren't stable. Um, you're kind of lax, and we're going to shake stuff up. So she demotes, promotes, reassigns a whole bunch of Battlestar Galactica personnel, and basically looks at Adama and says, you know, guess what? You knew this, this was going to happen, and it just happened. I'm going to leave this right here. This just happened. Boom. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, it, it, it's this long process of, for the viewer, at the very beginning, we, we're, we're sort of going along with the Galactica crew on their journey into, from not like, from really liking these people as, you know, saviors almost, to, yeah, there's something bad wrong with you people, and we don't like you anymore. Yeah. And we're following along with this journey. But you can see there's still that th- thing between Kane and the rest of the fleet. Because after um, all that, we then have um, Roslyn talking to um, Adama um, about provisions. Because all the provisions that Galactica's getting, um, none of that's reaching the fleet. And it's all spendable assets. Yeah, which is not at all surprising, is it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Um, but of course, for what we know at that particular time, um, it's still sort of like what's going on and sort of is going, well, I'll talk to her next time I air my caller. And she's like, Rosen's like, well, at least she's taking your calls. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, she's obviously... Adama's like the last to figure all this out. <laughs> yeah. That this is not a person that you should be following. But um, he's, well, as he even says himself, I've taken orders all my life. He's got a superior officer again now, and he's doing as he's always done, which is follow the orders he's been given. Yep. 
Yeah, it's not like it's been like 10 years since the chain of command. You know, this is only like maybe six in months. Six months, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is significant. We should mention that because it's it's one of the few times where a specific length of time since the attack is given. Mm-hmm. So it's only been six months. I mean, I think I mentioned this before, but it's usually almost assumed that one season of a TV show is one year yeah. in the lives of these people. And in, in this show, it simply isn't. Yeah, because shows even forget, for example, Stargate, the amount of times a season was taken as a year, except some of the episodes actually spanned several months or weeks or whatever. So later on they go, oh, we've been here. (laughs) Yeah, and it's just like, oh, we've been here five years. And it's just like, well, technically, if you added up all the time they've got, I'm sure it would be a huge amount of extra time. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but because they never sort of specify sort of dates or anything else like that, it's an awful lot harder to sort of judge yeah, that. Yeah, but the gravitational rotational axis of the planet they were on was higher than that of Earth. So where minutes would be on Earth, it would be hours or days on that planet. There, I just totally solved all problems. <laughs> now the same thing happens. No, it's all over. <laughs> Uh huh. It's all relative. The same thing happens on Battlestar Galactica. Whenever they go into the flight tubes, they spin around like you know little pops. You know they have this big humongous battle scene, and then when they go back into their tubes, only like a second happened. Yes, that's exactly how I just totally broke your front. Hey there. Well, Gator gets happy. Um, he's given a load of software updates after they had to completely wipe the computer memory. So um. Yeah, because Kane sent over all the software updates. Um, although, yeah, he then sort of, what was it he said? He goes, I don't suppose you've got any porn in there. <laughs> I don't remember that part. <laughs> no? It's no, not in the I US think, version. Because that was in... Um, should, should We were talking about this before, but the, uh, before the show, but there is an extended version of this episode which is on some of the Blu-rays, some of the DVDs, but maybe not all of them. I ended up watching the one that appeared on TV because I, uh, apparently on my Blu-ray set, there's both. And I didn't realize which one I was playing first. So I didn't get a chance to watch the extended version, but there's a whole bunch of editions, and one of which is Gator's Little Joke. All right, because that's actually on the UK version. The UK version may be even the third version. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, Gator gets given um, a load of discs, and it's just before the conversation with Roslyn and Adama um, regarding sort of the provisions and hitting the fleet. And just before then, sort of two guys or three guys from Pegasus come in with a load of cases, sort of open them up, and there's loads of sort of like discs uh, for updates. Yeah. And um, it's not. I've never seen that. All right. And yeah, it's just after that that uh, yeah, it just goes. I suppose you've got any porn in there at all. <laughs> Which is quite funny Priorities. as we find out later on. <laughs> this is not the porn you're looking for. <laughs> he didn't specify kind True. of porn. <sighs> well, let's see. I, I think some of the other changes uh, in that extended version is there were there was an extended opening sequence when Rosalind and Adama are walking down to that little gathering where they welcome Kane onto the ship and he gives her a little bit of info about her says yeah she's young but she is driven and well connected and that's why she's an admiral got yeah, that, over everybody 
Yeah, that was actually in the UK version as well. Um, basically, she rose through the ranks very, very quickly, uh, um, which is why it's explained that she's as young as she is. There are a lot of little additions, um, but one extremely major addition, but we're not there yet, so we'll, we'll talk about that when we get there. Yeah. But yeah, um, next up is when you've then got sort of Pegasus deck hands that sort of comes and starts having a look around the Blackbird, as we sort of briefly mentioned earlier. He sort of, as you said, he sort of said, oh, these got sort of phased out ages ago regarding the engines and sort of Tyrrell's all sort of happy because someone's come to check out his ship. <laughs> check out my yeah. ship. My ship is amazing. But even when the Pegasus crew came on, um, Tyrrell was, everyone else is giving everyone else hugs and everything else and then you've just got Tyrrell on top of the raptor sort of having a look at it going, oh, a ship. Hey, a raptor I've never seen before. I've just been looking at the same ones for the last six months. It's boring. <laughs> this is a new raptor. It's exciting. Yeah, but the raptors look the same though. That's the funny thing. Yeah. Well, you know, to us, to an engineer, everyone would be different. That line was not there before. They used a different kind of blue to make that line. Genetics. Well, it almost looked, when I saw it, it almost looked like there's some extra LED red lights all over the place in that <laughs> raptor. This, this, this raptor went to Radio Shack before it came here. Not fair. I'm calling shenanigans. So, no, it just made me think, lots of red in there. It's almost like something from the Cylon sort of thing. Um, but yeah, it just it's, seems... It's evil. imagery. It's red. Therefore, the, that means they're evil. Yes, red <laughs> means evil. Uh, but yeah, but we you can forgot. Yeah. <laughs> but you forgot about the scene because you kind of jumped back like three scenes. Yeah, yeah we're jumping backwards and forwards again. <laughs> so let's go back to where we left off because it, that brings you to the scene where Kara and Apollo are, you know, getting the the mission details uh, of the recon mission for what they want to do so basically uh kane has a nice bunch of nice well, shiny even before then um you've got kane and dharma in um her war room haven't you which are going yeah, through that's where she talks about, about yeah we, what we didn't mention was that she talks about battle plan she's got this cylon fleet that's been jumping around that they've been following and she wants to attack it because there's some unknown ship there yeah. She wants to poke it with a stick. Yes. But she was very surprised with the fact that um, Adama just went, right, I will coordinate with your people and we'll go after it. And as if thinking that he was going to go, well, no, we've got to stay behind and protect all these nice little civilian ships. So we definitely can't go after them sort of thing. So, yeah, she seemed very sort yeah, of shocked. Yeah, to go on the offensive. Which you can almost, you know, it, just from reading his logs, he, he doesn't go on the offensive more than about once. And, yeah. uh, you know, I can see how she would jump to that conclusion that he'd be more defensive-minded. But we know that um, uh, <laughs> Commander Adama is uh, not afraid to, what is it, turn around and give the bully a bloody nose? Yeah. It, there was there was a nice little scene in there that we missed. <laughs> It was before he sent all his logs over. Uh, he was talking to Apollo, and uh, and uh, yeah, I do. Yeah, it was Apollo, 
And no, sorry, it was no, Ty. It was Ty, wasn't it? Yes. Ty went and talked to him, said, yeah, so she totally shot her XO in the forehead. And he said, well, I'm not defending her, but the thing is, we weren't there. It's not in context. So we don't know the context of the thing, right? And then, and then. And he uh, says, we, we destroyed the entire Olympic carrier, and that yeah. was bad if you don't know the context. Exactly, right? Yeah, because so, Ty was giving his little update of everything he'd got from Frisk, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Yeah, through his hangover. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was smart. I, I, I have to expect that Adama sent him to do that with booze. <laughs> That's how you get the real story: is talk to the XO, get him drunk, loosen the lips a little bit. Exactly. Well, actually, knowing you know Ty and how paranoid he is, he probably wanted to figure them out. So he probably did that himself. Better is probably like a tradition. You know, <laughs> ship, ships meet out in space. Commanders get together and have their, you know, high flutin philosophy meetings and that sort of thing. And, you know, the Exos go and booze it up. Yeah. But then next is when we have Adama telling um, Starbuck and Apollo that they're being transferred. Um, so they should start sort of having their little strops, and he just basically tells them, yeah. Enough. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Your colonial officer. Commander Cisco there. Is, that's enough is his catchphrase you do not have permission to talk yeah permission to speak no <laughs> you do as you're told <laughs> your officers in the colonial fleet you'll act conduct like accordingly yes yeah it's just like yeah we, you've had it easy <laughs> but now <laughs> tough <laughs> yeah and then that brings us to when they get the mission details uh, in the I guess, I don't know what you would call that. The war room? The radio situation room? Mm, uh, pilot briefing room. I the think. pilot briefing room, yeah. yeah. So, basically, their keg is like, so, we got these nice little pictures. We want to take out this ship. We don't know what it is. So, we know they're going to be at this location because they've been following you guys all this time. And we've predicted where they're going to be able to drop because they're going for habitable places that has the minerals that you need for long-term life in space and so we're gonna hide behind a moon in the gravitational field so they won't see and then like Kara's like you're an idiot dude you know they're gonna gonna totally stay away from that blind spot are you really that daft and yeah that kind of she just goes what is it your plan is dumb yeah (laughs) something along those lines just uh-huh. totally, you know, something that Starbuck would do. And, and Lee wouldn't bat an eyelid if it was him up there. He'd say, yeah, whatever, Starbuck. What's your plan? <laughs> mm-hmm. And then she'd tell him, and then they'd come up with a plan together. Yeah. Well, I'm just having a quick look through the video. Um, just before that scene is actually when um, Tyrrell's working on the Blackbird, because he's just made some improvements that the deck hand from Pegasus told him about, which improved the... Um, was it the fuel um, by 2%? Another scene that I don't have. Oh, right. Cause yep, that's another one from the extended version. Interesting. But yeah, that's Maybe where... On the next show, we should write this stuff down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, for all the Americans listening, there's a bit where Till... Till's working on it, and sort of, he's sort of, the deckhand from Pegasus has come over, and he's like, 
yeah, Brass is bringing in some frack wit from Pegasus to take over my deck. And then he just looks at him going, that's you, isn't it? He's like, yep, I'm the frack wit. Uh, I should point out that there is a, a list of the changes in the extended version over on the uh, battlestarwiki.org. Yeah. And it is quite extensive, actually. <laughs> Okay. Well, it didn't happen in it didn't happen on our air, so it didn't happen. That's it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not canon. It's not. What well, the thing is, if it happened on screen, it is canon. But if it's just, yeah, I'm not going to be one of those guys. I'm not going to say it's not canon. <laughs> it happened, but yeah. you know, like that's okay. We, like earlier when many, you guys uh... were saying that this is the new deck can't, this is the new chief. I'm like, what are you talking about? They never say anything about that. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've had this discussion with uh, Trekkies before. Uh, you know, are deleted scenes canon? And really, there's just no right answer. Well, okay. If you look at uh, what was the last one, uh, last movie uh, for Star Trek, um, Nemesis. Nemesis. If you look at Nemesis, there's a scene in the deleted scenes where Riker's leaving the ship. He talks to John Luke. Uh, and then he goes and he talks to the guy that plays uh, one of the Makos in Enterprise. Uh, oh, he's an he go- I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he goes and says, yeah, John, uh, the captain likes to be referred to as John Luke, right? So he, you know, he leaves and then this guy goes, walks in, okay, John Luke, what would you like to do? And then he's like, what? You know, to me, it, I would say that's canon. It's, yeah, it's a deleted scene, but... Yeah, no, I've always liked why that. Why wouldn't we? Yeah. The best part so, of it is the uh, seatbelts on the captain's chair. <laughs> I missed that. Yeah, I suppose it always depends on why it was deleted. Yeah, and there's there's certain scenes that, that don't actually change what happened, you know, plot-wise or anything like that. They're just extra character moments and stuff like that. And, so what was the scene? Like, John Luke... Uh, Captain Picard's like, oh, fuck, yeah, let's drive it again. <laughs> Seatbelts? <laughs> yeah, some scenes are deleted because of time, whereas yeah. some scenes are deleted because it won't make sense with the storyline yeah. um, there, later on. Actually, that major change I alluded to, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a few minutes, actually changes what happens in the plot. So uh, we'll talk okay. about that when we get there. And we're there. But yeah, after that briefing, they sort of get all dismissed. And that's where Apollo um, Apollo goes to uh, Trace. It's just like, okay, see this camera? Go take some pretty pictures with the Blackbird. Mm-hmm. And she does. Yeah, because then you've got Tyrrell sort of going around going, what's happened to the Blackbird? Where's it gone? <laughs> Someone's just saying, oh, Admiral Kane sent <laughs> um, Starbuck out for a recon mission, <laughs> which like nobody we're... questioned at all. <laughs> No, he didn't. They didn't say recon mission. They said for uh, testing. Testing. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, you know, with all of the other stuff that Kane's been doing, you know, all just coming in authoritative, ordering everybody around. I don't think anybody would question. Yeah. It's just another in long series of her interfering with the Thomas man, even though he, she said she wouldn't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's uh, that's I think the last time we actually see her, isn't it, in this episode? Yeah. In this she, episode, she's off doing yeah. well. No, because we do have um, the scene where she actually gets up close to the ship, or is that in the next one? That's in the, the next, next one because that's where it starts. It's right. her doing the mission. 
because the next sequence after that is Chief Tiro going into the deck uh, into where the still is and he's like, hey, where, where's my bird? Where's my plane? And then the chief, the new chief that I just found out is the new chief. Like, what? You just totally screwed up my Battlestar Galactica universe. But anyway, the chief asked the chief, it doesn't hey, chief. Long. Don't worry. Yeah, I know. Uh, where's my bird? And then they said, yeah, Hera took it out on a testing thing for Kane. And then this is where stuff gets wankered yeah mm. so this is the scene where you know the pegasus crew is getting drunk and you know we use we're using alcohol a lot in this episode to loosen the lips to get the real story and the specialists for better and for worse yeah for better and for worse so the specialists start informing uh with chief and uh agathon in the room that their interrogator, interrogator, their special Cylon guy, um, would go and put signs up in the break that uh, their six was being held. Please disturb. And then they start recamping uh, old stories on how long they would go with her and how many times, you know, basically saying what they're doing to her, you know, sexually but they, know, it's also what they were doing there. as well because one says yeah i got in line twice yeah well, that's what i just said yeah i was just trying to be i was just trying to dance around it a little bit to give the idea like they did but not actually come out and say hey guess what we raped her over and over i was just trying not to go there but we went there so yeah and this sparks a fight with Agathon and not uh, Agathon and the, the Pegasus crew. Chief gets in, but Chief breaks it up and it's like, think about it. Who's here right now? Yeah. Because they, because uh, we have seen a, a couple little shots of Thorne starting his interrogation at this point. Yeah. Yeah. Right before then. So we, we know what's going on, and uh, Tyrrell and Hilo figure it out, and oh boy, so we gotta run. Yeah. Yeah, because it's. We get scenes, he's asking her about the ship that they're trying to identify, and so he says, take a closer look, and then sort of starts grabbing her by the throat and hitting her and. Undressing. Oh, yeah. The th- thing is, at that point, we know that they're stronger than humans. So why she didn't even try hitting back? I know that there's some armed guards, but still, she could have easily done some damage to him first. Yeah, there's armed guards. There's the fact that she's pregnant. And let's not forget the fact that they already broke the other Cylon, like, mentally. Uh, She's kind of... She's traumatized. So they are... Like they, like he's like uh, uh, God, uh, Gaius Baltar said, uh, because you, they just proved that their psyche is as strong as our or identical to our own. So you place yourself as a woman in a cell with two armed guards and some guy beating you up, and you might freak out too, kind of thing, right? I know I would. Well, it's all about power, and this guy obviously knows yeah. how to dominate with power. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what this whole scene that's what is. He, that's what he does. Mm-hmm. 
this guy is obviously devoid of compassion, yes. empathy. Uh, he has no problem doing what he does, not only enjoying what he does, but doing it in a public forum. So he doesn't, it doesn't matter who's around him. He's going to drop whatever he wants to drop and do whatever he wants to do. That's, that's the culture making. over on Pegasus. Exactly. They're not even the anti. In fact, encourages that sort of thing. Uh-huh. With the sign. Pacing the sign yeah. up there. Please disturb. You know, that means, hey, guys, you know, you're having, uh, you know, lonely tonight. We got a silo at 1-800. Come on over. You know, it's not cool in any way, shape, or form. Honestly, when I watched this episode, I was really creeped out, weirded out that they went this far. It's just like the beginning episode. The very beginning episode, I was really aggravated with Six when, you know, she's looking at the baby in the miniseries and she snapped the baby's neck. There are things that myself that I don't I don't think needs to be there to make a plot. I get it. I watched it. Do I like the scene? No. I don't think you're supposed to like the scene. And I... That's just me. What I, I got very apprehensive, very like, okay, let's get through this, you know. And every time I rewatch these shows, I end up skipping this because I don't need to see it. And it's not that I, sh- you know, you should, you have to as part of the story. It's like, no, it's it's the evil part of humanity that humanity shouldn't do in the first place. And that's my belief that we shouldn't act like that. But there are people that do that. And they should, they should be the one in cages. And we get that we we have at this point no compassion of our own towards Lieutenant Thorn. We hate it. We want to see him get what's coming to him. Yeah. But you you bring up a good point about you know the depiction of sexual violence and you know a lot of shows approach it very differently. Yeah. I was just reading the other day about Arrow, uh, you know, which is a show that depicts a lot of violence, mm-hmm. um, but they specifically do not depict any sexual violence on that show. I mean, the, yeah. the producers sit, came out and said, that, no, that's nothing, that's a place we're not going. And, yeah, and that's the thing. You think of the people that are out there uh, that really like sci-fi, that sit down and are watching this, and they themselves were victims of sexual violence. You know, are should the uh, TV producers be accountable to these people? Should they have had the thought... Well, we can put this scene in and make it really character-driven. Uh, puppy in the background. Uh, make it really character-driven. Make it very emotional. Let's make people squirm in their seats. And yet, let's say four, five, six percent of our viewership are people that was abused or, uh, at, you know, recipients of sexual violence. You know, how is this going to affect those those people? You know, I know how it affected me, and I didn't like it. The thing is, they can't dance. Yeah, if every sort of TV program danced around anything that could offend somebody, nothing would be made because anything can offend somebody or could have a traumatic experience. Um, what if somebody had had a traumatic experience in a car crash? Should you never show that in any TV series? Um, I know it's very different to a sexual assault, but I think the sort of 
point is still sort of valid. Um, but I think we always knew that this version of Balsar Galactica is darker, and sort of you mentioned about the baby's neck being snapped. But that one scene, especially when you look back at it, shows just the way things were with the Cylons and how much they detested humanity for the fact that they could have children. And sort of, that, especially when you sort of watch the plan. Almost sells it better than the destruction of almost the entire race. Yeah. And although, yeah, it's That's something that makes you feel really uncomfortable, that one little thing says so much. And it's the same with what you see in these scenes as well. Yes, it's, for, I would hope anyway, for everyone, people feel it's such a bad thing and they hate it. But And they it, actually did put a um, viewer discretion advised when they originally aired this episode uh before the uh, after a commercial break yeah uh, leading into the scene yeah now, the thing is i'm gonna you know i'm gonna come out looking like a hypocrite in this one uh because i'm i'm one of those people i play violent video games like right now i'm playing metal gear solid i'm sneaking around but half the time i, I don't want to sit there and do three hours, four hours on a mission, sneaking around everywhere. I have no problem, you know, jumping behind people and tactically taking them out. Um, I have no problem watching superhero movies where, like in Man of Steel, they destroyed half a metropolis. I have no problem watching movies like that. Yet, I don't think raping somebody on screen is an art form and should you know and it to me it's not it's not an acceptable and that's just my belief it's just not an acceptable medium that people should be exposed to because i believe that the more you're exposed to something the more it's it's diluted uh you're jaded uh, now what's there's a word for it uh you're desensitized to it. You know, we watched a movie. It was the whistleblower. Me and my wife sat down and it, the movie was about a UN worker that found out that there was this whole sex trade uh, where, there, you know, UN workers were smuggling women out of the country and selling them off and sex trade, stuff like that. There was like three or four scenes in the movie that I was crying my eyes out when I seen it and I was... I wish I'd never had seen it. You know, this is one of the... Okay, I didn't cry my eyes out because it, it didn't go full tilt or anything like that. But just the suggestion that it puts in, you know, for some people, you know, it's just enough. You know what I mean? The thing is, I think it shows what's more right versus what's wrong. Um to do with, like, the different crews and about how Agathon and that sort of went and stopped so him and Tyrrell it's just like yes she's a Cylon she's technically not even human but still doing what they were doing was wrong and yeah they ended up actually killing somebody over it yeah because saying it in the mess hall saying it that they did it and then showing it to me suggesting it it was Fine, you got your point across. Move on with the con- with, with the with the conflict or the the plot. To me, it you didn't have to show it. But I think um, you know whether whether or not you decide to show it is if you yeah. do de- if you do decide to show it, depict it 
honestly. And I think they did. You know, they, they depict what she goes through in, in the several stages that you'll see her go through, which is, you know, the the initial freak out and then anger later and, and all of that. And I and I think from, from the way she played it was very honest. Who are we talking about? Uh um what name is she going by right now? Sharon. Sharon uh, Yeah. Because it's a, I don't um, remember her getting angry. It's extremely at all. Uh, later in Sickbay. No, don't even remember that. Or, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's in Sickbay. Another cutscene. I didn't have. <laughs> no, no, this this one was in the, the regular version. Um, but here here is where we should talk about the regular versus the extended version. In the extended version, they actually go through with the rape, and I think not going through with it was the much better choice. Wow. But they shot it both ways. Okay, well, that part of it isn't in the UK one. It's a lot of what's in this extended so one was in the UK. But no, it, it gets as far as her being tied down over the bed. Um, Hands are dropped and then that's it. Yeah. yeah. That's, um, that, that's when the guys come in. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they kill Lieutenant Thorne. And, uh, Which I thought was kind of audience. funny threw him up against the wall by his the, his temple or whatever hit this one random bolt that was sticking out right <laughs> yeah yeah he's all thinking where, where okay this go? is this is supposed to be a security <laughs> part and yeah. you've just got this edge that somebody can cut themselves on and <laughs> that they're you know it's an old ship there's exposed bolts everywhere you know they yeah. don't make them like they used to but this is a prison this is a prison sure. where she's in one that so, they built themselves yeah so you wouldn't think the original part of the design. Yeah. So you would have thought that you know, hey, let's not have something that someone can give a suicide on because she's a high potential target that you know could give us lots of viable information. Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what um, our listeners think. Um, let us know what you think about sort of them including, um, well, all the bits about the rape and what we've mm-hmm. discussed. Um, be nice to know what you think now. After all this, um, you get Halo and Kirill actually Hilo? taking it. Sorry? Halo. What did I say? Halo. Halo. Completely different <laughs> game. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, you get Halo and Tyrrell um, actually being taken um, via Raptor from Galactica to Pegasus because they've been arrested and they're going to be court-martialed. Court-martialed. And... Um, this is when sort of Dharma then sort of calls Kane saying, I want my men back. And I have to say, this is probably about one of my absolute favorite scenes in the entire series. I know. It's so good. And I think I like it more when it comes to the next episode um, with the um, fighters. The, the, um, the next one builds on it, but, but this one is great because you just haven't. He, he's just in a corridor taking a phone call. Callie's just right next to him and this the, the look on his face when he hears that uh they're gonna execute Hilo and Tyrrell is just yeah you know it's on now <laughs> yeah and then he looks yeah. at Callie and says you have work to do and she just goes and you see that her eyes widen she's like oh shit <laughs> <laughs> but yeah you then saw Galactica um, sends out Vipers um, and then of course Kane does the same so this is when Wrong we episode. first no at the end of this one no that's not this episode 
no, yeah, I'm watching it now. It's the very end. It's the last scene. Is both ships sending out their vipers, um, and she, you know, you see the the very last shot is it starts on Pegasus vipers going towards Galacta, and then zooms in, and you see Galacta's vipers coming forward, and then okay. and then and, and then it goes black screen to to be continued. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like no, <laughs> don't stop there. And also one of one of the best uses of uh, the taiko drums in the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. There's there several pieces of Battlestar Galactica music that I, I keep in my car to play, you know, on random with the rest of my music that I have in there. That piece from the end of Pegasus is one of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's I I was when he decided that it's this is it it's it's you know, gloves are off. I was, uh, I was like, yay for him. Let's let's kick some ass and take some names, kind of thing. Um, I didn't quite expect what happens in the next two episodes, uh, but hey, you know, the very first part of the next episode, it's in like, um, I don't know, <laughs> Bellstar Galactica on ice, <laughs> <laughs> really. But we'll talk about that when we talk about when we do that show. Um, but one thing that we did over, uh, we did jump over. I I just like to you know hand, hang a little light on when we talked uh, earlier about Baltar's subplot through all this. Um, just before the final, uh, the finale of this episode, he locks himself in the room with the, uh, with Pegasus Six, and then he gives her food. And then he sits there and tells the story about how he loves her, how uh, that, you know, back on back on Caprica, you know, that he fell in love with this this uh, this girl and she was extraordinary, that she was a Cylon and he still loves her and she's the most special person in the universe. And then this is when that six starts to eat, starts to get, you know, gets out of her trance and starts to be reactive. Which is really funny because when you see him in the miniseries back on the planet, uh, that's not exactly how he acted towards her. No. No. He was cheating on her. <laughs> oh, yeah. But this is the most human he's ever yeah. been. Well, I think with so he, I mean, six in his head. Which is very human. Or he's uh, well, come I think, to a realization. I think with the amount that six has been in his head that he's sort of grown to actually love her properly because with all the sort of questions that she keeps getting at him and everything else I think <clears throat> I think that he's actually ended up falling in love with her more um, yeah. since she was gone because of course yeah. the last time he saw her in person was basically when she sort of risked her life to keep him alive by basically taking the brunt of um, what was left of that which was, explosion. You know? Which was a completely awesome scene. It's like, hi, I'm wearing this really, really height spandex skirt. I'm going to stand, because I'm already like three feet taller than you, I'm going to stand with my legs completely spread. I'm going to get you <laughs> on your knees, have your head toward, pushed into my crotch, and I'm going to take the whole explosion, nuclear explosion, and save you, considering that 90% of his body is exposed between her legs. I know, right? Right? <laughs> 
totally yeah. makes sense. This must have been it's just a Marvel cut, universe. and then the next time we see him, and it's like, I don't know, hours, days later, who knows? Same shirt. In a field. Happens to be the same field where Hilo and Sharon land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Same shirt. Brown pants. <laughs> He's lucky those are brown. Yeah. Okay, well, I think that's everything from this episode. So, um, yeah, we would like to hear about uh, anything you've got to say regarding this episode. So please do get in touch with us. So on Twitter, you can get us on at Frackstars. And then for email, it's comfrackstars at gmail.com. So, Zander, where can people get you? Uh, you can find me behind you. <laughs> Sorry, bad joke. I thought something was poking me. <laughs> uh, you can find me on the Xander Zones on Facebook and on Twitter and here on holosweemedia.com. And Drogon, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, and that's D-R-O-G-Y-N-1701. And everybody can find me all over the internet um, at Midnight Shadow 7, and that's night spelt N I T E and the number 7. Or alternatively, if you're really lazy, uh, you can just type in that guy in Google search and you'll find him. <laughs> he, he has the first, you know, three pages. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, and we will catch you next time. Goodbye, everyone. End of line. <laughs>